So I'm a pretty direct person and I feel like the reason being direct is perceived as being bad is because of the potential for the receiver to become offended, right? I have to tell clients that I'm going to be direct, that I'm going to shoot them straight and I tell them, please don't get offended, like that my intention here is to help and to encourage them not to take anything that I say personally because I'm just trying to cut through the fluff and get to what we need to get to. But why do I feel like I need to do this spiel? And it's because honestly, most of us do take things personally. It's impossible for us to not have some level of bias that's colored by our experience, our upbringing, our culture, our community. But nonprofit founders might just be the worst about taking things personally because, you know, they have stepped out in, in a calling. They have stepped out in faith for a calling and their business is their purpose, okay? It's actually their life's calling and I get that. I actually think being protective and even defensive of your mission is a good thing, but not to the extent that it hurts you or your mission. And taking things personally or not being able to be objective definitely clouds our ability to make non-emotional business decisions. So I think it's important for nonprofit founders to strengthen that objectivity muscle and be aware of when they're not able to be objective and make sure that they're not making emotional decisions. So today we're going to talk about exactly how to do this, why it's so beneficial as a leader to a public good and how you can do that. Welcome to episode 36 of For Purpose Live, where I help you get clear, get focused, and be impactful by showing you how to step fully into the calling that you've been given without taking on the common narrative that nonprofits have to struggle. That's right, together we can get you in your sweet spot using your strengths and your talents to serve this world and build a movement of support for your mission simply by living for purpose on purpose. I'm Rebecca Britt, your host, and today we are talking about building that objectivity muscle. Now, if you feel like you have stepped into your calling and you've started a nonprofit and you're overwhelmed and you're like wondering why you were given this calling, if you weren't going to be given all the support you needed to run it and be sustainable, then you would totally benefit from my secrets class, the secrets to running a thriving nonprofit without killing yourself. You can head on over to forpurposelive.com secrets to get immediate access to that today. Okay. So, how does not being able to be objective get in the way of being a good leader and running a thriving nonprofit? Well, I want you to think about your absolute favorite program. So think about the program that you do, close your eyes, imagine it, and think about all the warm and fuzzies that you get when you're thinking about the population you serve, that program and its success. Okay, now imagine your board telling you that you need to shut that program down. That doesn't feel very good, does it? Okay, and now say they lay out all the evidence needed to show you that you should actually pivot your efforts to something else that actually would be more effective in serving your mission, actually would help your population more. And regardless of your feelings in this moment, as a leader of a public good, you actually have to be able to make the decision and look at all the facts and choose what's best for your mission not what makes you happy or what you like the most, okay? So not being 
open-minded or objective or becoming defensive actually stops people, funders, supporters, employees, staff, volunteers from approaching you with new ideas, criticisms, suggestions, because you're blinded by your perspective and they know it and they know how you respond. So eventually you kind of just train them to be quiet, but it's not what's best for your mission all the time. Now, I'll be the first one to say that you do need to be focused. So as long as you can look at all the facts, all the evidence and lay out why your idea is better, well, you just keep marching on, okay? But this is rational and logical, right? You're making a rational, logical business decision and you're not letting your emotions pull you. A good example of objectivity is hearing that a funder's needs are more aligned with another organization and you refer them to give to that organization, okay? People will love you for this because you're honest, you aren't emotionally attached to their money, and you're not willing to change your programming or your mission to accommodate them just for their money, okay? You're looking at all the facts as if you were not the ED of your organization, but just all the facts, okay, this is what you want from an organization, and you're saying, you know what? It's not us. It's actually the organization down the road and you keep those good relationships and you make a completely objective decision that's good for everyone. So a good clue of when you're not able to be objective are your feelings. Our feelings are there as clues. Our feelings are there to tell us like, hey, something's going on here. So don't, you know, what we wanna do is react, respond to justify our feelings and to validate our feelings and to make ourselves feel better. But if you can pause for a second, feel those feelings, allow yourself to feel those feelings and go, hmm, I might not be able to be objective right here. And what you can actually do in that moment is allow yourself to be human. Okay, so what I used to do is I would feel that I was becoming defensive or feel I was becoming frustrated or feel, and I would immediately start beating myself up. Oh, if I was objective, if I was a good leader, then I wouldn't have any of this emotion. I wouldn't have these feelings. So then I started beating myself for having feelings. No, we're supposed to have feelings. We're human. It's like, oh, get excited about your feelings. Okay, so I'm getting upset or I'm getting defensive. I'm getting frustrated. So pause and respond to those feelings in a way you can just label them, give them some space. Say, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm not able to be objective right now. I, you know, I'm taking this a little bit personally. I have to be honest. You can say that in a board meeting. You can say that to staff. You know what? I'm taking this a little bit personally and I just need some time to process these feelings so that I can be objective because I want to be objective here. I want to be able to take your feedback. And right now I'm not able to. And so then when you are ready to try to be objective about the situation, you can try doing these three things. So the first thing is take yourself out of it. Okay, so if the board is coming to you, if a funder is coming to you, if a volunteer is coming to you, staff's coming to you, take yourself out of it. You're not the executive director anymore of this situation. Maybe you're their best friend. Maybe they're coming to you and they're complaining about you or about someone to you. What would you tell them if you were their best friend? Okay, maybe the funder's coming to you and saying, well, we don't really like programs that aren't evidence-based. And all of a sudden you're starting to feel yourself get defensive because you're like, okay, we're not evidence-based, but we're innovative and did it right there. Take yourself out of yourself and think about being the funder. Would you want to fund something that's not evidence-based? Okay. It's completely rational that they want to fund something that's evidence-based. How can you speak to their need for something to be evidence-based and talk about the things that do lean on evidence-based practices within your programming 
to appease them without getting defensive about yours being evidence-based. Okay, so take yourself out of it. You're not the executive director anymore. You're not the person that made the mistake. You're not the person that they're criticizing. You are them. Pretend to be them and see where they're coming from. That's the first thing that you can do. So the next thing you can do is to determine what's fact and what's fiction. Okay, when we're being objective, we wanna look at just the facts, but we need to acknowledge that when something happens to us, or when somebody criticizes us, or when we hear a part of a story or whatever, we as humans fill in the blanks, okay? So let's just say a volunteer is late. And in my program, this was like a big no-no because they were mentors for children in foster care. And I was not gonna have a child in foster care sitting there waiting on a volunteer to show up for them and show them that they mattered. So if a volunteer was late, I would start to get pretty pissed off and frustrated and like, what the heck? I swear that I did a really good job in training and I told them and my brain would start to fill in the blanks. She obviously doesn't get that this kid is waiting on her. She doesn't care. She doesn't value this volunteer opportunity. I would fill in all these blanks and it usually was negative. It usually was that they were lazy, that they didn't get it. Okay. So that was my narrative. It just made me more and more pissed off and wanting to take, you know, corrective action, whatever that ends up being, let them go, yell at them, whatever, you know, I wanted to do to be like, this isn't right. And to really get through their head that they had to be here. So my intention was good. My intention came from, I'm not going to sit here with a child that is not getting their needs met and we're not fulfilling the service that we said we would do, which is showing them they matter and showing up for them, like the basic things, okay? So my anger came from that and it's okay to get frustrated and to be angry for a mission, to be angry for a cause, but you get out of your rational brain and your reaction ends up not being helpful for anyone, okay? So if you're gonna determine what's fact or fiction, you need to lay everything out, okay? So what I do is I come up with the story that's in my head, so this person's lazy and doesn't care, and I come up with two other stories. She got in a car accident, okay? Or her plane that was supposed to land yesterday didn't come in, okay? So how would I respond in all three of those stories? One, if she's just lazy and doesn't care, then she needs to be let go from the program. Okay. Number two, she got in a car accident. How would I respond? Oh my gosh. I would sit the kid down that was supposed to have this mentor session and we would make cards for her and we would say, we're so happy you're okay. Or we hope you will be okay. And we would do this whole relational activity based on this car accident and we would process it with the kid and it would be this whole relational, actually positive thing. Or if she missed her plane or something and there was some reason why she wasn't able to get a hold of us, but it was this kind of freak thing of why she was late, then I would be totally understanding. And so imagine she was just completely apologetic and there was something that was out of her control. I would be understanding and say, okay, you get that this can't happen again. All right. I'd process it with the kid or whatever. Okay. So what was the point of going through three different ridiculous scenarios? Well, one, my response changes, right? So depending on how I fill in the story, my response changes. So that just lets me know my reaction, my immediate reaction isn't necessarily the appropriate reaction, okay? So now that I've realized, okay, I would respond differently given a different scenario, so let's reduce it to what I do know. And the facts are 
that she is late. There's other facts you already know. Has she been late in the past? Is she continued to be late? Is this her first time being late? Okay, so then with just the facts is she's late and that's not okay given our program. This might end up being a learning opportunity for you or a building opportunity for your organization. What if I don't have a formal policy on what we do when someone's late? Then I need to create one. It's way easier for me to just say, oh, you know, young people don't care about anything nowadays. Or some people are just so lazy, it's hard to get good volunteers. And just keep marching on and having this bad idea in my head about volunteers. And of course, none of it was my problem. It's all their problem. Or I can say, this can't happen again. How do I ensure that my program is going to not have this happen? And what do I do to hold people accountable and to enforce this rule? Do I have a written policy? If the policy says, you know, that you're allowed to be late once and the second time you're let go from your mentorship, like what does it look like? And then follow through on that policy. Then when you sit down with every person that ever does this again, you get to just reflect on the policy. This is the policy. This is what it is. Has nothing to do with how Rebecca feels about you. Has nothing to do with my emotions. It has to do with the policy and the policies were built on the mission and the population we serve and doing the best we can for the kids in the program. This is how we have to do. And that policy can be something that they sign before they get started as a mentor. So it adds more structure. Okay. It takes out the emotion adds policy, adds more structure. Okay, so that's just one example. So as soon as you start to feel like you might be taking something personally, and this might even just be like a volunteer walking up to you saying, hey, we should really do this thing. And like, I know my blood started to boil as soon as somebody would say, you should probably, I'm like, I do not have time for another thing. And it's real nice that you think that I should just do more things. Da, 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 da. Very reactive response in my head. Okay. And this volunteer is just trying to help. They're just coming up with ideas. So pausing, thinking about what they're offering. Great. How about you draw up a nice plan for how that will work? Who's going to run it? All of that stuff so that I can actually review it. And usually people once tasked with all of that work, don't do it. But if they're willing to put in all that work, maybe it will be a good idea. Okay. But I was not able to be objective because I went into victim mode. How am I supposed to do one more thing? And they don't understand how hard it is for me to do all this. And they just think I should do not a good place to live. Okay. So anytime you start feeling defensive like that, take yourself out of it, put yourself in that volunteer's position. Would you, if you thought you had a good idea, would you walk up to an executive director and say, hey, I think you guys could do this. Of course you would. And that's sweet. Like, would you expect the executive director to like, "Ah." no, you wouldn't. So take yourself out of it. Pretend to be them. That will help you get out of your own way. Then determine what's fact or fiction. What are you adding to the story? What are two or three other scenarios that could have possibly been? And how would you respond to each one of those? And then once you realize it would be a different response, depending on different information, reduce it to just facts and respond to just facts. Okay. I know this seems simplistic, but we do it. And I see when I'm working with nonprofit leaders all the time, especially when I work with their staff and we do culture stuff, their staff is like, uh, they're just this way. We don't really do it that way. She's not this X, Y, and Z. 
And that usually is because they are not able to be objective, whether it's they are stuck on their program, they're stuck on the way they do things, they are way too emotionally tied to the mission, they're emotionally tied to a specific funder, whatever it is, those things reduce a nonprofit's uh, director's ability to be objective, but that means that they're not approachable they are not able to be nimble and pivot to new ideas. They aren't able to incorporate other perspectives because they're stuck. They're stuck in their way and they're defensive and they take things personally, which we all do. So you have to act against this if you wanna be a good leader. You have to try your hardest to be objective if you wanna be a good leader. All right, don't forget to grab your free web class of the top three secrets of how to run a thriving nonprofit without killing yourself. That is at fourpurposelive.com slash secrets. And show me your vulnerability. Go into the comments and tell me one time that you took something personally and you wish you had responded differently. That'll just show everybody else that we're all human and we're all working on this. If you're a good nonprofit founder, you will always be working on this. All right, guys, thank you so much for your service to this world. Until next time.